We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we record this podcast. Up the Duff is a podcast for fertility seekers and those who are curious about procreation. Join us as we speak to experts and hear from real people on their fertility journeys. We ask the hard questions and help them navigate to solutions on the sometimes bumpy road that is to parenthood. I'd like to take the opportunity to thank this season's sponsor, ES Fertility. They are setting the new standard in ingestibles for reproductive system health for both males and females. Make sure you check them out at esfertility.com. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 1 of the Up the Duff podcast. Today I'm speaking to Cece Jeffries, who is an award-winning fertility counsellor. She won the Best Fertility Advocate in the Fertility Care Awards this year, 2023. I sit down with Cece and we chat all things mental health, stress and anxiety, relationship strain, and of course, how to deal with friends and family when you're undergoing fertility treatment. This is a really supportive episode where you're going to walk away with so many tips and tricks that you can implement straight away. So let's get into it. Thanks so much for joining me, Cece. I am thrilled to pick your brain on all things mental health, anxiety, and the struggles of infertility. Thank you so much for having me, Brittany. It's an absolute pleasure. So you're a fertility coach and a fertility advocate. What led you to this work? Is Was this your first career or is this a subsequent? Uh, this is not my first career. No, I was in the corporate world of advertising for about 10 years in London and Sydney. And then um, my husband and I got married and we were whacked over the head with an infertility diagnosis. Um, so I knew pretty much from that day like what a devastating impact it has on your mental health and like how difficult it is to find support. Um, So I knew from then that I just wanted to shine a light on something that just does not get enough attention because I don't want people to feel as alone as I did, especially given, you know, one in six people are affected by infertility, but we honestly feel like we're one in six million. Um, The focus is largely on the physical side, which is, what the eggs are doing, what the sperm's doing, what the uterus is doing, and there is still very little focus on the emotional well-being and the mental toll it takes. Um, and people are still largely doing it alone in a silent environment, which is devastating, and that has such broad knock-on effects to their mental health, you know, how how we perform in our workplace our relationships with our partner, certainly our friends and our family um, and how we navigate all of that. Do you mind sharing some of your fertility, your own personal fertility journey? Yes. No, well, I, um, we were had a male factor diagnosis. Um, um, even, you know, still to this day, it's, you know, I remember getting the, the phone call um, standing on Clarence Street in Sydney out the front of George Pat's Weiner, I was working in advertising at the time and, and had had the phone call and, you know, you, you just, your world comes crashing down. And for me, the diagnosis was the only way you're going to have children is through IVF. Um, so that was absolutely soul destroying. Um, I'm obviously a huge fan of IVF now because I thankfully have three children, all, th- all thanks to IVF. Um, but at the time, um, that's not how I thought my life would go having to go down the IVF route so the grief associated with that with that was absolutely enormous and the time and the the journey from that phone call to having a baby was 
extremely rocky. Yeah, I bet. I hate that saying that keeps coming up um, time and time again in all my consults. Like, oh, you can just do IVF Mm. if trying Mm. work. And it's such a huge mental adjustment. Um, It is. And then IVF isn't easy. Absolutely. And that's something, again, no one really still talks about is the fact that IVF doesn't guarantee a baby anyway. Often the first cycle doesn't work. And we we think, I remember my first cycle when I had the embryo, the uterus was was good to go and it was, they put the embryo in and it it didn't work. It was like, what? Like, (laughs) this is meant to work. That I think was probably the, the, the saddest I'd been when I thought, how did that embryo not work, you know? And, and again, you know, there's a number of reasons why it didn't and timing. There's so many reasons. But at the time, you know, the lack of education and awareness that I had and that, you know, at the time, like I said, I felt like one in six million and, and you know, the girl who probably, you know, sat in my office and was also going through the same thing and we don't talk about it um, because there's so much at stake and I understand why people keep it private. Um, because there is so much at stake as it's highly emotional um and you know we don't know what the outcome is going to be there's so much uncertainty and anxiety so you know of course the more we talk the better and the more supportive people feel and all that sort of stuff but there is a very good reason why people keep it private um and I certainly did for a long time but I now I'm at the point where I I want to scream from the top of the mountain about support and you're not alone and, and changing the dialogue and and um and helping friends and family be able to support people going through it so yeah, yeah there's a lot of and work I guess still to be done that's where your work as a fertility coach comes in mm-hmm. and because mental health is so important for both mm-hmm. men and women but it's not just the women it's also really important for men as well what Absolutely. does working with a fertility coach look like it's it's a really good question so like let me start by saying stress doesn't cause infertility so I'm sure there's you know a lot of people who you know can read certain things about stress levels stress does not cause infertility but infertility causes stress um so what we need to do as a as a fertility coach is manage that stress so our whole world doesn't completely Uh, fall apart around us um, as we're trying to conceive so what happens is we have no control um, and when we have no control our confidence gets completely flipped on its head Um, we can't control what the egg's doing we can't control the sperm can't control our uterus but we can control um, what we fill our minds with and how we start our days and how we finish our days and the questions we ask our doctor and how we navigate social events there's a lot we can control so my coaching and my membership, Fertility Collective Membership, focuses on what we can control. And, and in order to build up, you know, our emotional threshold and actually be able to still live as we're trying to have a baby and, and also feeling, you know, supported. So, you know, when we do have another negative pregnancy test or a shit result or a excuse my language, or a major setback or timing setback, you know, we have the support there. Um so, I will say fertility coaching does, you know, complement medical treatment, but I am completely separate. Um, I'm completely independent and I really need to be because I need to be able to 
help people advocate for themselves with their doctor. I need to point them in the direction of, you know, a second or a third or a fourth opinion. Um, I mean, I wouldn't have children if I didn't have that fourth opinion. Um, as a fertility coach, I'm that girl in your corner batting for you and also looking at your whole entire life. Um, and I now have an independent fertility nurse as well, um, offering one-to-one independent nurse consults and supporting my members inside my membership as well, which is incredible, you know? Yeah. And to get some perspective and to talk things yes. through and to pros and cons. And the validation. And, exactly. Yeah. And for someone to give yeah. you time to process that um, absolutely is, is really needed. Right. The decision fatigue is is one thing that I see as well. Mm. Fertility add-ons. How do you mm. weigh up mm. the pros and cons of the cost or the outcome? Mm. Or mm. yeah, so mm. that's amazing that mm. you're able to yeah. give people that time and mm. the tools they need to work through that process. It is. It's the time. It's that one-to-one, you know, it's that one hour of self-care where we're just talking about you and your fertility situation, you know. Otherwise, we're in groups with friends and, oh, my friend did IVF or my friend had success on, you know, with this doctor and it's like, okay, you know, there's there's a lot of things thrown around but it is just having that one-on-one time to talk about your fertility situations. Fertility is so fragile and it's so unfair. Yeah. You're so right. Yeah, mm. it really is. And it it's incredibly stressful when you're given that diagnosis. So it is. Um why do you think infertility impacts people's mental health so much? Yeah, it's a really good question. For me, from my personal experience was full blown anxiety, panic attacks. It just unleashed this <laughs> evil of anxiety inside me. It was horrendous. Um There are a number of reasons why it impacts our mental health so much. Physically, again, so much of the attention is on the physical side. I never knew how much it would impact my mental health just because my pain was hidden. You know, largely people are doing it in a silent environment and and they are hiding their pain because there's so much at stake and they don't want to have to update every auntie and uncle every time they've had a cycle. And that is so understandable. Um, and, and if you are open about it and want to update people, that is incredible as well. I mean, there's no right or wrong way to do this. Um, um, you know, we're absolutely overwhelmed by the uncertainty about if we'll ever be a mum or if we're in with secondary infertility, if we'll ever be able to give our child a sibling or grow our family. Um, we, we feel disconnected from our friends and family because particularly friends when, you know, we're at the age where people are having babies around us and, and we can't contribute to the conversation about, you know, baby sleep or we can't, you know, going to a baby shower, you know, is, is a form of torture, if you ask me. Um, mm. But, you know, there are triggers everywhere, um, particularly on Instagram. Every time you open Instagram, if you've searched something, you know, the algorithm catches you and starts popping up, you know, baby stuff and, and pregnancy announcements. So, you know, there are triggers everywhere that remind you of your struggle. So, you know, we're grieving the life that we thought we'd have. We don't, um, so we, you know, we grow up thinking, you know, we'll have two children or we have a girl and a boy or we'll have four children and we'll do it at, you know, 30 and 32 and 34 or whatever. Um, but, you know, we're grieving, we're grieving that life. Um, and, you know, the people closest to us don't get that because unless you've been through it and you know the emotions and the pain and the heartache, you know, it's impossible to understand infertility. And, um, and, you know, I also will say with mental health, you know, people don't know how to support you, so they don't. Yeah. Um, 
that's a really huge one. I think people don't know what to say, so they don't say anything or they say the wrong thing. And that yeah. is like a dagger dagger to the heart as as you've known yeah. probably from your community too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I guess that leads into my next question. How mm. how do you support your mental health when you're undergoing infertility treatment? Yeah. And as a friend or a family member, what are some of the best things that you can do to support mm. your loved ones through this? Yeah. So so to the first question, um, it's looking at stress doesn't cause this, but what you're going through, being in the fertility trenches causes a shitload of stress. Um, so it's looking at everything. It's looking at friends, family, relationship, your work, your physical health, and of course, your mental health and looking at where the stress lies. So I'd always take all my one-to-one um, girls on a, where are the biggest stress points and addressing that stress using a whole range of support options and emotional health techniques. Um, and everyone is very different. Um, we need to empower you with the education and the resources and the confidence um, to navigate this and, and what questions to ask your doctor. It just it's, it's about building up your emotional threshold. You know, I say to people, this, this chapter is all about you. You know, it is your body that is going through this. Um, you and your partner, um, if you've got a partner, you know, it's, it, that is the only thing that matters at the moment. It doesn't matter about pleasing people and going to social events. Interestingly, friends rank in terms of stress so high mm. for most people, um, which is devastating. And the friends, I'm sure, would find that devastating as well. But that ranks like so high when it comes to, you know, one to ten of stress. Um, so if we can just focus on ourselves, we, we will be back. That event we didn't go to, it does not matter in three months' time. That baby shower, that 30th or whatever it is, it does not matter in three months' time. Um, but to your other point, um, how yeah. would a friend support? How can we yeah, to how would a, yeah. Yeah, no, it's a great question. I love being asked this because I'm so passionate about it. But number one is just, you know, to, to, to my last point, forgive their absence. You know, like if they go away and have need quiet time, just let them be. Everyone in life will go through a really tough time and they will also want this quiet time. So just forgive their absence and just try not to be that friend who is putting pressure on them to, to be who they were a year ago because we're, we're not that person um, when we're in the fertility trenches. Um, and also do check in with them and ask if they're okay um, and educate yourselves on platforms like Fertility Collective. So many people who follow Fertility Collective are actually people who have friends going through fertility struggles and they want to be a That's better support, great. which is, I love that, yeah. Um, so they're, you know, they look at, you know, text messages you can send someone, what to say and what not to say. I think it's, it's really important to learn what not to say because, trust me, we don't want advice. We have tried everything. Um, we don't need to be told to relax. We don't need to be told to go on holidays because that's absolute bullshit. Um, mm. I think it's educating yourself on what not to say. It's it's being there for for them and and checking in and just saying how are you? You know, do you want to have a walk and 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 not talk about the particular situation? Or do you want to go for a walk and talk about how shit it is for you at the moment? Opening up the conversation if they if they're ready. Um, also, just support their lifestyle choices as well. Like if they don't want to drink for three months then don't pressure them in that respect and or if they want to try 
freaking hot yoga while drinking a beetroot juice like let them do it you know we will try everything we possibly can to have a baby so just no judgment put yourself in their shoes and and just think about how shit it would be just yeah just be there and 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 validate their feelings yeah yeah I love the point about um if you are going through fertility struggles and you're wanting to troubleshoot, if you want to try something radical or a little bit out there, beetroot juice, hot yoga, whatever it is, I do think that there's a control element to that as well. And if that's the one thing that you can control is getting up and being diligent with your hot yoga or Pilates or whatever it is or making that juice and it feels like you're chipping away at that goal and working towards starting a family, then, you know, what, as long as it's Absolutely. not adding stress, there's no harm. Absolutely, Brittany. I completely agree. We just need that control back because it's completely torn from us. Um, I'm certainly not saying hot yoga and beetroot juice is going to help conceive or anything <laughs> like that, but it is just being able to, to take back some control and, 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 and also self-care, like focusing on yourself. It's the num- like the number one thing you can do when you're trying to have a baby is actually just focus on yourself and prioritizing yourself, setting boundaries and all that sort of side of self-care. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Okay, can we talk yeah. about workplace stress? Mm. yeah so we can. <laughs> uh, it's just because it's all consuming and especially mm. when you're doing fertility treatment you're having to go get your bloods done in the morning you're coming in late for work your it, your mind is elsewhere <laughs> mm, mm, how do we mm. manage the workplace how do we manage work colleagues how do we have conversations with our our yep. superiors or bosses about what we're going through is that mm. helpful? Is it unhelpful? Mm. What's your advice? <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. It's a, no, it's a, I mean, this is this is huge. Okay, so so to the point that like we are looking at a bigger educational piece for corporates and HR professionals because um you know we we're, I'm talking to some girls in the UK at the moment. They've got a incredible platform um who you know actually yeah it's about it's about educating. So number one. My job, it is educating HR professionals on, on what fertility treatment looks like. Some some companies, incredible, they have five days fertility leave a year, which is what I'm absolutely advocating for. Um, if, okay, take it back to when I was going through, I quit my job. With our diagnosis, with my level of anxiety, I couldn't work. I could not function. The thought of trying to navigate, so I quit and I had to go back to a freelance advertising role which was flexible and and that was a huge huge thing in my career and um and you know you know if I in hindsight hindsight is a wonderful thing you know if I'd gone back and sat down with my boss at the time um and said look this is what I'm going through but with work is so hard with fertility time off because you know you're basically telling your boss I'm planning on having a baby I'm trying to have mm-hmm. a baby I'm going to be needing maternity leave um and of course there that is no reason not to tell your boss we in this day and age 23 we should be able to say to our boss i need this day off um and it should be it shouldn't be um taken as annual leave we need fertility leave just like we have bereavement leave with miscarriage and pink elephant support do an incredible job there um we need we need leave for embryo transfers and egg collections this is not this is a medical condition this is not something we choose Unfortunately, we we do keep it quiet often from our bosses 
out of fear. Um, and interestingly, I did ask my community probably about a month ago, have they told their boss? And, you know, compared to when I asked my community about three months ago, and people are actually opening up more to their, yeah, to their managers, and, and which is amazing, you know, so probably, you know, 62% now, and it was about 38% or something three months ago. There's a lot of awareness we can do um, in terms of, you know, making HR professionals aware of what time off is needed. And my advice as to, to listeners is sitting down and writing out how much um, time you want off in the next cycle. So working out the time you need off, working out whether you're comfortable talking to your boss. As a manager, they, they want a solution, right? If, you've got, if you have an employee coming to you and saying, look, I need this Friday afternoon off, um, this is what's happening, but I'll do this over the weekend or whatever, come to them with a solution. Just being um, confident in the fact that this is a medical condition. This, you know, it is a humongous um, education piece that needs to be done yeah. so employees feel more um, confident asking for time off. Um, yeah, and I think yeah. you're 100% right. Companies, businesses need to arm themselves with the knowledge. They need to have the knowledge and know what the timeline looks like and what's realistic from a, a time off perspective. Um, exactly. And I, I'll just, I will, I, sorry, I will add quickly is like, you know, you're going to get, as an, as an employer, you're going to get much more out of your employee if you have that open relationship as well. Mm. Because otherwise, you know, we're hiding and, you know, our, our, like productivity levels will be much higher if, you know, yeah. you accommodate this, you know. So it works for both. I would love to see the stress scores before having the chat with HR versus oh my God. after. Because I really think that. Oh, no. um, yeah, it would reduce well, like I said before, your stress. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said before, you know, with with the one to one girls I have, the, the friends is obviously ranked so high often, and I can closer to a ten. But work is very close. You know, yeah, not I'm sure it's very that. close it's, behind it's, it's friends and yeah. work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so this whole fertility struggle can also put such a strain on your relationship with your partner if you mm. if you do have a partner. Um. What are some of the things that we can do to be in this together, to not be placing blame or assuming it's one person's problem and not the other? Most couples never need to address anywhere near these levels of difficult emotions. So I do want to say for everyone listening, please don't worry if you and your partner are finding it tricky and, and or you're not aligned at the moment. Um, like a fertility struggle can completely take over a relationship and it leaves little room for you know anything else um, and it's really easy to lose sight of yourself and your relationship when you are navigating this because it is so overwhelming um, and each couple will handle stress levels differently like some couples do draw much closer uh, with this but some through grief and frustration and uncertainty and anger at times um, and lack of communication it can it can draw them apart um, but we can deal we can all deal with it differently and that is completely okay fertility issues can be as stressful as divorce or having cancer in the family on a relationship so you know you're gonna go through really tough times um, and you may not always have the same view of it all you know particularly you know how much money you want to spend on it or you know how much yeah. time you want to devote to fertility treatment and and you know with every negative pregnancy test and failed cycle or miscarriage you know there's there's great sadness 
you know, and grief together, which can also just happen in different ways, you know. Yeah. Um, like my husband and I, we, we, we dealt with it very differently. Um, and, and even the most loving and committed relationships can experience resentment inside this infertility diagnosis and, and it's okay to feel resentment because you're, as a female, we're the ones having to endure the needles and the physical, we're the physical body of this really. Um, obviously male factor, there's a lot of, you know, surgeries and things like that, absolutely. Um, I'm not discounting that, but, you know, often it is the female who's, you know, um, enduring a lot of the physical side of it. So, you know, you can sometimes, you know, that can come out in resentment um, that, you know, you're you're having to do this and your partner's not. Um, mm. it's, it's okay to feel really frustrated and sad um, about all of this. We have to communicate it to each yeah. other and it's not about blaming anyone you know we can ask for more support for example you know, I, I had a, a, a gorgeous girl yesterday and, and you know I said you know because she should could say to her partner you know because I'm having to go through this um, you know next week I need I need more from you here, you know, um, or, you know, because I'm having to have an egg retrieval next week, you know, basically I need you to, you know, um, you know, cook me dinner that night, you know, look after me more, you know, I need more of your love and support through this period. And, I mean, this comes very naturally to some people, but it doesn't to some people. And, again, it's just communicating what you need. Um, and I will say, you know, it's likely your sex change, your sex life has mm. um you know, has changed a lot through this process. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. sex for fun. Sex for fun feels like a foreign concept probably right now. Um, you know, you're trying to conceive sex is just totally for business. Um, so, you know, it's often scheduled and it can totally feel like a chore. Um, so although, although the physical intimacy, you know, might not be a priority at the moment, like let's make the emotional intimacy a priority. The thing I absolutely love is just like a 10-minute check-in each morning or each evening. How are you going? What are you struggling with at the moment? You know, how are you feeling about this? Just a check-in with each other because otherwise we can just get in this cycle. Our days just go by. We wake up, we go to work, we, we, don't, we don't actually check in with each other and it mm. is the most powerful thing um, to do. And, and, you know, just like have a think about, you know, other places your part, you can show your partner, you know, affection and love, and, you know, whether yeah. that's a back tickle on the couch or just a cuddle, a foot rub, like, you know, whatever it is, just, just something small. Um, and, and if you can get through this period, um, you know, it's, you'll almost certainly be able to get through most of the other challenges in life that may come. Um, yeah, that's such good advice. And the sex thing is something that always comes up. And even mm. post-IVF, couples that were once infertile have even had their kids. We spoke mm. to someone in season one um, of the podcast about this and she really opened up about the struggle of she went through many, many rounds of IVF and ended up having two children. Um, mm. And the sex life, I think her, her second child is now nearly one. Still the sex life isn't there. And they mm. just lost that intimacy to the medical process, I guess. It Absolutely. over-medicalised yeah. and it just destroyed it's, them. It's, yeah. I mean, you know, you think of those internal ultrasounds that you have to go in and have, all these prods that you're being prodded and poked. It's, it's, it's absolutely awful. It does change things. It's so easy to shut off, you know. 
um, that's when we get the resentment and the anger and things like that. So, yeah. Mm, I love mm. that you brought up the telling your partner what you need. So the example mm. of the egg retrieval, the time burden that the women wear when undergoing fertility treatment is so underrecognized. So if you can shift that Absolutely. time to level out with your yep. partner, like, okay, if I'm going to do the egg retrieval or whatever it is or the blood test in the morning, I need you to, you know, yeah, like you said, cook dinner or pick up the groceries yep. or yep. just something yep. that's going to help you get time back in your day so then you're not constantly on the At back foot. Absolutely. That's exactly right. Yeah. 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 I think that's a great place to end on, Cece. Uh, for those that are listening that are like, I just want to hear more of Cece talking and I need more of Cece's advice, where can we find you? Oh, thank you. No, I've got Fertility Collective. So it's Cece underscore Fertility Collective on Instagram. Um, point all your friends and family there too for <laughs> how to support you. Um, but also I've got a membership, Fertility Collective membership at the moment, which is just um, hundreds of people from all around the world in the same boat um, where you can go and have your feelings validated. Plus we have a nurse answering all your questions, um, you know, within 24 hours. Um, we have, you know, a, a fertility library where your mental health is, you know, self-care is a priority. We have regular Q&As with um, experts in their field and doctors where you can ask your questions for me to ask them. Um, plus, yeah, loads more. So um, that is where you find me. I'd love to support you. Great. Thanks so much for joining us on the Up the Duff podcast, CC. And um, we'll chat. I'm sure we will chat again very soon. We will. Sounds great, Brittany. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. We hope that you enjoyed that episode of the Up the Duff podcast and that you're feeling more supported on your fertility journey. If you haven't already done so, please leave us a review. It will help to spread the word and support many, many people on their fertility journey. A final shout out to this season's sponsor, ES Fertility. You can check them out at esfertility.com. Until next time.